0: Well hello, like so good to be with you um, online today. I know it's a few weeks away but happy Christmas. Uh, Isn't it wonderful to be able to celebrate this Christmas season together and and I love this time of year when we get to sing so many of our favourite Christmas songs and carols. Christmas is such a beautiful festival to celebrate together. Fundamentally Christmas celebrates good news That there are deeper purposes at work in the world around us. That there is so much more to life than what we can consume. That God has not left us in our darkness. That he himself has come to rescue us and to be with us. Because Christmas celebrates Jesus' birth. And 2,000 years on from that historic event, we've established loads of wonderful traditions uh, to help us celebrate. One of them is the nativity play. I wonder if you've ever been involved in a nativity play. Perhaps you've played Mary or Joseph, one of the wise men, maybe one of the shepherds, possibly an angel. I know for sure there are definitely going to be some donkeys uh, watching this, uh, this sermon uh, today somewhere in the world. And nativity plays are brilliant because they are a great way of telling the main narrative beats of the Christmas story. There we have an angel speaking to Mary. Mary and Joseph then travel to Bethlehem on a donkey. There's no room at the inn, so they have to find space to, um, to stay elsewhere. Uh, angels speak to the shepherds. There's a star that shines at Beth- Bethlehem. And so shepherds and wise men from the east come and see the baby Jesus. And capture that moment in your mind when they're all around there. Doesn't that make for a wonderful Christmas card? And in my time with you today, I'm going to focus on just one aspect of this story and one where this a beautiful Christmas card moment hits a good chunk of realism. Uh, let's focus in on Joseph's story. And we're going to read from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25, uh, and I'll get the words up for you. Uh, This story is taken from Matthew's account of Jesus' life, much of which he actually witnessed firsthand. So let's let's read this story. Uh, So uh, Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. And what an incredible story. Let's, let's unpack it together. And so the story goes, Mary is engaged to Joseph. But before they get married, she is found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And we know that pregnancies can't stay hidden. Put yourself into Joseph's shoes in this moment. He's engaged to be married and he finds his fiancée pregnant. Well, what's the obvious conclusion? She must have been with someone else. That she has broken her commitment and her promise. I imagine Mary trying to convince Joseph of her own encounter with the angel, her own innocence. But what would any of us do in these circumstances with these stories? Joseph plans, therefore, to divorce Mary, but not in such a way that you would humiliate her. He's going to do it quietly. That even in betrayal, Joseph seeks to treat Mary with dignity and kindness. And yet they don't divorce. Because we're told that Joseph has this dream. There's so much supernatural weirdness in this story, isn't there? Encounters with angels. Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary. Dreams from God. But they come together to convince Joseph that Mary is speaking the truth. Well, what convinces him? So let me read again the words of the dream that Joseph had, which says, But after he had considered ending it with Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. And then we're given this editorial note from Matthew, who wrote the account. It says in verse 22, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now through this dream, Joseph gains a bunch of things. Primarily reassurance that what Mary was saying was true, but he was also given insight into who this baby boy is. And both are to do with names and their meanings. Do you know what your name means? Um, Before I started work here at Everyday Church, I held a bunch of jobs across London. Um, One of them was working for a charity in Peckham in southeast London. And at this charity, I worked alongside a Nigerian man who others introduced to me simply as Ben. Like Matt, he was such a kind and generous man, always happy to help, always with a smile on his face. And after a couple of weeks working at this charity, um, over lunch, Ben leans across the table and says to me, Andy, what does your name mean? Because I like to know what I'm speaking over, to, uh, speaking over someone when I use their name. What an intriguing idea. Uh, he went on to say, my full name is Olabenga Taiwo. And Olabenga means the one who lifts me up. And he said, and that's who I want to be. I want to be someone who lifts others up just as God has lifted me up. And so from that day onwards, whenever I would thank Ben for his help, I would say, thank you, Olabenga, Thank you, the one who lifts me up. And man, I love the memory of seeing his faith light up when I used his longer name. Not just Ben, Olabenga, the one who lifts me up. Now my full name is Andrew Gordon Tuck. Uh, Andrew is Greek and it means manly or strong. Uh, Gordon is Scottish and it means man from the three-cornered hill. So I am the manly man from the three-cornered hill, uh, perhaps not as impactful as Olabenga, but he was content to know that he was speaking strength over me each time he used my name. Now, did you notice in our passage that our attention is joined to the baby boy's name too? Uh, verse 21 says, you are to give him the name. Verse 23 says, and they will call him. You will call him, and they will call him. And we learn so much about Jesus through his names and their meanings. They tell us about who he is and his purpose. And so let's take each of these names mentioned in in Matthew 1 in turn. At the first one, Joseph was told, You will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus as a name literally means the Lord saves or the Lord is salvation. And the angel was relating this name's meaning to Jesus' deepest purpose. In Hebrew, Jesus' name is Yeshua, and its roots lie in a common name we still use today, Joshua. Now Joshua was a titanic figure in the Old Testament part of our Bibles and the story of the Israelites. He was the leader that finally brought the Israelites into the promised land. and There he would lead his people into many military victories and to a land that they could call their own. And this was a culmination of a journey that started decades before when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. There the Israelites cried out to God to save them from their slave masters and he did so in miraculous fashion. It's a story that we now know today as the Exodus. some homework for you if you'd like to find out more about this story. Check out DreamWorks' excellent adaptation, The Prince of Egypt. Definitely a movie to add to your Christmas watch list this year. And so this name that the angel instructs Joseph to name the baby boy is hugely significant within his culture. Jesus' name is then automatically linked into salvation, to rescue, to deliverance. Joseph was told, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That bit at the end, he will save his people from their sins. The word sin can sound outdated, can't it? Uh, We think it's synonymous with all of those things that probably previous generations told us would be bad for us, but now we know better. In reality, sin is one of our greatest enemies, if not our greatest enemy. It poisons everything it touches. Sin can be described, it can be described as a long list of evil deeds, but it's also much deeper than that. It describes our self-centeredness, our arrogance. It's our selfish desires. It's our me first, me before anything and anyone else attitude. It's our worship of and devotion to things that are not God or good. Sin puts a barrier between us and God. It taints us so we're unable to approach his perfection. Sin turns us against one another as well. And sin corrupts our relationship with the world that's around us. And evidence of these three broken relationships are all around us. We see it in today's meaning crisis as we look at our slowly decaying, conflict-ridden world and ask, is this all there is? 2022 has been a year marked by conflict and war, instability and infighting, confusion and anxiety. From all of this and more, Jesus came to rescue us from our sins and from their horrendous, corrupting consequences. Every time we say Jesus' name, we also proclaim his deepest purpose, that he is here to save us. Joseph was told, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We all need his rescue and we all need his presence. Let me reread again verses at 22 to 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So here is Matthew quoting the book of Isaiah, specifically Isaiah 7.14, which is another Christmas staple. You might have heard it at another Christmas service if you've been to one. Here we're told that Jesus won't just be a rescuer, he will be God himself come to dwell amongst us. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now this must have amazed Joseph. Something long foretold coming to pass in his lifetime. A story that he will now get to witness firsthand, up close and personal. After centuries of waiting for God to come, this is now the moment. And the wonder of Christianity is that we worship a God who isn't just a distant deity. The one that we worship is one who has come to live amongst us. The one that we worship is one who longs to be with us. That cast your mind back to 2020, the year 2020. I don't know what COVID restrictions uh, were like in the place where you lived if you live outside of the United Kingdom, but here in December 2020, we were just coming out of a second national lockdown and we were approaching something that was called the tier system. And the most painful things about those COVID uh, restrictions over Christmas 2020 here was that it prevented us from being with loved ones. So many people couldn't be with their families or dearest friends or others. I think this is why grief is so hard as well, that for all the precious memories of someone that we might have, uh, they're never the same as actually being able to be with that person, speak with them, to hold them. Uh, Over this last year, I've had a few long waits in airports waiting to pick people up. And one of the best things about those waits in airports was being able to see loved ones being reunited. What's the first thing that we do when we see a loved one who we've not seen in ages. man, we embrace them, don't we? We draw them in close and squeeze. I was chatting to a friend just the other week, a self-confessed non-hugger who said that she cried the first time she received a hug post-COVID restrictions. There is something hardwired into us each for connection. And at Christmas, we celebrate when God came to be with us so that we could be with him. We're told they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We all need God's rescue and we all need God's presence. Our verses end with Joseph's belief and his obedience I love the end to verse 25 which says she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus just like Joseph we're too called to believe and to obey and so I want to encourage you this Christmas time why didn't you invite God into your Christmas dwell on these truths that we've explored together today Take time out of the festivities and fun to remember the deep truth of what we celebrate together in this season. Come back and celebrate Christmas with us at uh, at Everyday Church, either in one of our venues or online. Um, if you don't believe in uh, Jesus, perhaps you would consider attending an Alpha course as well. Uh, we've got a few running in person here in southwest London starting in January. We'll explore many of the themes that we've been uh, looking at today in greater depth, enjoying food and, and growing friendships uh, as we explore our questions about faith uh, together. If you're not able to make it with us here in southwest London, have a look on the Alpha website. I'm sure there will be a course somewhere near you that you can explore these questions in greater depth. But wherever you are in the world watching this, I want to pray that you have a really happy Christmas, a time of joy and rest with your loved ones. God bless and stay strong.